0: As if the McCrispie couldn't get any better, bacon and ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy, available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Davis steps under center. Gibson and McClendon behind it. Davis with motion by Richard will get the ball to McClendon. He leaps. Oh, he doesn't get in. He fumbled the football. Heel Tough Blog Podcast. Hey guys, and welcome to another edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. It's your host, Anthony Pegnata, with you guys as always. And today it is time to take a look at At Carolina's trip to Charlotte for the ACC Championship game, we are going to preview Carolina's matchup with the Clemson Tigers as they renew the battle from 2015 that they did as the Tar Heels look to get a little bit of revenge for a game that many people remember for the onside kick that wasn't because of the penalty uh, so we will preview that in depth. We will also talk, uh, give you our keys to the game and uh, our predictions for the game as well as some Tar Heel storylines around the game. But first, we do have to take a look at the Tar Heels dominating the ACC awards and also pretty successful with their all-ACC candidates. And it starts with Drake May. Uh, absolutely cleaned up yesterday, as you would expect. For him, he takes home the ACC Offensive Rookie of the Year, the ACC Rookie of the Year. Both of those pretty much taking home just about 80% of the votes, as you would expect. It, it, he did, you know, he, he was easily the best player uh, amongst the rookies in the conference, no doubt about it. But then also takes home the ACC Offensive Player of the Year award. Did that by a pretty significant margin as well. And he does become the first Tar Heel to take home the ACC Player of the Year trophy since... Lawrence Taylor. So this is a big deal. Drake Bay, a tremendous season, even though it hasn't finished the way uh, that he has liked. It's taken him out of some of the runnings or the big awards, including, of course, the Heisman Trophy, but even awards like the Davey O'Brien Trophy, it seems like uh, you know he, he will probably be out of the running for... Uh, the Manning Award as well. Uh, This is a a, a big deal for Carolina to get a guy that, that takes home the Conference Player of the Year trophy, considering that the last time they did it, they also took home a conference championship that same season.
1: I think the biggest thing for them is not really for this year, it's more for next year. It's a way to help recruit both in the portal and... On the recruiting trail, that you have a guy that is an all-conference caliber type of player that you can you can sell for for kids to come and play with to help Carolina achieve all their goals and dreams if they don't achieve them this year, and um, you know it's just a, a a spectacular season for him individually. Um, you know, I was very confident that he was going to be a really good quarterback, but no one saw this coming as a redshirt freshman. Even with the the struggles at the end of the year, where he has been a little bit exposed and he has underwhelmed in back to back games, but he still had a phenomenal season. And he's the biggest reason, if not the main reason, why the Tar Heels are where they are, uh, having a chance to compete for a conference title.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. I think the other thing is, is that look, even though he has had the struggles at the end of the year, it should not overshadow the fact that this dude had a really special season going on, and it's not just for a Tarheel quarterback. I mean, look, he he easily, without a doubt, no matter how this season finishes up, this is easily the best quarter, the the best season a quarterback has ever had. Uh, In a Tar Heel uniform. There's no doubt about that. I don't think there's really anything that he could do to change that. Um, And I think even nationally, you were talking about a guy that there was a point after that game against Wake Forest where a lot of people were looking at him and saying that if he finishes strong enough, there is a chance that he could be the Heisman Trophy winner. Not just a guy that is a finalist. So uh, I, I know the last two weeks haven't been perfect. Um, I know, you know, he, he's really struggled, especially in that game against Georgia Tech. But this is still a season that Tariel fans should be very, very appreciative of. They should look back on this in years to come and say, this was, a, I mean, this was as good of a season as you will see. And who knows? Next year could be even better for him. Uh, meanwhile, Cedric Gray, he does come in uh, f- uh, tied for fifth in the ACC Defensive Player of the Year voting. Normally, I mean, look, that, that's not something to really brag about too much, but considering what this defense has done as a whole, I think it just shows how much respect Cedric Gray has throughout the conference that he is even tied for fifth, um, and it makes sense. Look, he is the nation's leader uh, in total tackles uh, amongst Power 5 teams, so he, he has been outstanding um, and a, b- a big reason why Carolina's defense has really just been serviceable at times, in conference play. Uh, so well-deserved for him to even be in the conversation there. Another award that will be handed out, this one will actually be handed out to uh, the, the recipient in person on December eighth at the Home Depot College Football Award Ceremony down in Orlando, Florida, Ty Lee Craft, uh, he will be presented the Disney Spirit Award. That was revealed the other day that Walt Disney World was giving that award to him this year. Uh, he is, you know, of course, was diagnosed with a rare form of lung cancer. Back in March Uh, He is now in uh, I'm not not sure if he's in remission But he is progressing very well Um, And uh, he he has gotten to the point Where he is now able to uh, Visit cancer patients at the UNC-Lineberger Comprehensive Cancer Center each Friday That the team is in Chapel Hill And he is also serving As an ambassador for the White Rimmed Project, which helps raise awareness And provide support for those Fighting lung cancer So as amazing as the award's that Drake May is taking home. I think we can both say that uh, Tyley Kraft getting the Disney Spirit Award is uh, tremendous to see for him. A guy that has just been through so much and is hoping that he can eventually get back on the football field here in the near future. Meanwhile, All ACC recipients uh, The first teamers Carolina has Josh Downs At wide receiver Uh, You'll see him here again Cedric Gray And Drake May As you would expect Second team uh, You have Josh Downs As an all-purpose player And then Storm Duck That one surprised me A little bit I thought Storm Duck I, I mean he definitely Recovered well Towards the end of the season But that shocked me That he was a Second team guy Third team You had Antoine Green Ben Kiernan, who I thought would be a lot higher, I I thought he had a chance to be a first-team All-ACC guy, especially considering that he led the conference in... yards per punt by a pretty significant margin. And Awesome Richards, uh, that's another guy I thought could have possibly been a second team, or even Antoine Green with how limited he was in terms of the games he played in. All his production came in eight games. I uh, thought there was an argument possibly for those guys, uh, but then honorable mention, I think all these guys definitely deserve to be where they were at. Power Eccles, Corey Gaynor, and Bryson Nesbitt. What did you think about the All-ACC guys? I mean, was there or anybody, I, I think Ben Kiernan was probably the guy that I thought should have been a little bit higher. The punter, and, and maybe Storm Duck should have been a little bit lower.
1: Yeah, no, Storm Duck shouldn't have been on this team all, at all together. He's not one of the. Well, they put two corners per team.
0: On, yeah, I mean um, he was, and and he, <sighs> he's not one I'm of the six best corners in the if ACC. If I'm remembering it right, he. Did he edge? Out? I think he may have edged out a couple of guys, but I mean, he got 65 votes. A lot of people were really high on Storm Duck. Were they high on him or his name? Well, I I think also here's the thing: how many great corners were there really in the ACC this year? He wasn't one. I mean, of I think them. they nailed it. I think they nailed it with the first team. Aiden White, I know, was up there, and I forget who the other corner was. But Aiden White, we saw him the other night from NC State. That that dude's that dude's the real deal. Mm-hmm. Um. So I mean yeah I thought Kieran and and maybe I mean Antoine Green the amount of production that he had just in in playing in eight games I thought that was probably one that you should have taken a little bit stronger of a look at but you know it is it is what it is but 10 uh guys overall do receive honors Josh Downs of course as I mentioned does receive them twice so let's take a look now. We've got all that out of the way. All the awards uh have been officially handed out. I know Coach of the Year came out today. I did not see have they revealed that yet, or is that later tonight? I, I gotta be honest with you, I don't think Mac Brown really has a no shot at that. I think that's gonna be one of the mics, either Elko or Norvell. Um I think if he would have finished the season eleven and one, maybe even ten and two, he would have had a case. But I think you'll you'll see him on there. He'll get some votes, but I think he'll come in third. Um, so now this this officially moves us into preparation for the ACC title game. Uh, Carolina goes back to Charlotte for the first time since 2015, and they're they're in they're in a tough spot. They're coming off two losses. In games that I think a lot of people thought nationally um, they would win and win by pretty significant margins. I know especially the Georgia Tech game, but there were a lot of people that thought that Carolina could come out and really hand it it to NC State to try to prove a point. That did not happen. Carolina comes limping in here, but hey, so does Clemson to a certain extent. They just, you know, 40-game home winning streak comes to an end against South Carolina. Um, That's a loss that I think a lot of people – you know, it, in that area of the country, we have friends on kind of both sides of that rivalry. That was a big blow to Clemson, especially with everything that has happened when it's come to the college football playoff standings. So uh, it's it's two teams that come in limping. The Tar Heels, of course, are searching for their first ACC title since 1980. Um, but they will have to take down a difficult Clemson team to do that. You know, I, I think one of the storylines around this game before we really get into talking about Clemson and then just the specific ones to the Tar Heels is which team is going to come into this game more motivated because there's reason to believe that Clemson. I mean, how motivated are they going to be for this game? Because this was a team that, the way that things are have panned out. There's a legitimate chance that they could have probably been fifth in the college football playoff rankings. They All they would have needed was a loss from either TCU, who goes up against a Kansas State team that uh, ha- had an 18-point lead against them at one time earlier in the season when they matched up, or USC... Uh, to lose against a Utah team that beat them earlier in the year. So you would imagine that the mindset around Clemson is one that's in question, but also the mindset of this Tar Heel team is in question at this point. I think that's probably the biggest storyline when it comes to who is going to win this game that will be on the table coming into Saturday night.
1: This game, for a lot of its intents and purposes, is now just a glorified bowl game where I feel like the team that shows up mo- mo- more invested will probably win. That's really what happens in all the non-New Year's Six bowl games, which is usually the team that that game means more to. They usually win the game because bowl games in the era of the cultural playoff, for the most part, are rather irrelevant now. Um, this, this conference championship game, for Carolina it's a big deal because you haven't won a conference title in 42 years. But in the grand scheme of things for Clemson, you know, rather irrelevant, uh, because they had hopes and dreams of getting into the college football playoff. That those were still alive before they lost for Carolina. A win here would just signify that they are going to a New Year Six bowl game. Um, and it would just kind of help for momentum on the recruiting trail. And so it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, this game definitely uh, has lost some steam over the last two weeks. I do believe that had Carolina and Clemson both entered 11-1, and 1, this would have been the game day site. For Championship Saturday, you would have had the big crew of Chris Fowler and Kirk Curbstreit in Charlotte calling the game. Both those things out the window with game day now in Fort Worth, and that's where, of course, Herb Street will be on the call. And so it's it's, it's just going to be interesting to see uh, for Carolina if you come back and you respond. It makes the way the season ended a lot more easy to stomach for Clemson. This would just be back to the norm as they're 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 the best. They're, they are still the standard in this conference. They're going back to a New Year's Six bowl game, and for them, positioning them
0: to be a college ball playoff contender in twenty twenty three. Yep, and look, this is this is a team that has the capability to really come out and pound Carolina into the ground if they if, if they are motivated and if Carolina is not careful, um, because they've got the most talent that Carolina has seen this year. Ten and two football team, they're eight zero in conference, um, but you know what? When they've when they've lost games here towards the end of the season, uh, they have really really struggled now, offensively. I mean, look, if you looked at their stats, 34.3 points per game, 406.3 yards of total offense per game, 218 passing yards per game, 188.3 188.3 rushing yards per game. You would think, okay, this is a team that's playing, you know, pretty solid football. Um, these offense, this offense, really isn't as bad as the ones that Carolina has seen in past weeks. The problem is, is that a lot of that production came early in the season. Uh, they right now, DJU struggling just like he did a year ago. Very similar issues. He's coming off a game where he completed eight of 29 passes uh, against South Carolina. And there are talks again from their fans that, look, we want to put him on the bench and we want to see Cade Klubnick come in and take over the role that I think a lot of people thought he would have taken over earlier in the season if DJU struggled. Now, credit to DJU. He got off to a really good start to the season, but it, it, ha- it as, we, as things have progressed, it has taken a turn and... Uh, he, he is, you know, especially in their two losses, he has really struggled. Um, look, the focus when it comes to this offense, Carolina has to be able to find a way to slow down Will Shipley or at least limit the effect that he has on this game. He's a guy that's run for over 1,000 yards. He's second on the team in receiving with over 400 yards receiving. This dude is the real deal, as you would expect. Former five-star coming out of high school. He is the all-purpose back that everybody thought he was going to be, and he's had a tremendous season. Um, The receiving group, solid group, but they took a blow this past week when they lost Bo Collins for the rest of the season. Antonio Williams, though, he's popped up here a couple of times. He did again the other day uh, against South Carolina. This dude, can make some plays. He's a guy that Carolina has to be very weary of in this one. The biggest concern I think in the passing game though for Carolina are the tight ends. They've got two really good ones in Davis Allen and Jake uh, Brenningstuhl. Guys that were taken out of the game a week ago. Carolina's got to follow a similar recipe to be able to to limit their effect on this game. We know Carolina has been affected by tight ends at points throughout the season. Offensive line, solid group, but they do have some weak spots, both Walker Park and Blake Miller, guys that have allowed either 18 or more total pressures on the quarterback. So they've got the rest of the guys on that on that offensive line group, they have allowed either 10 or less, um, but those two guys, they've had their moments. Mitchell Mays is also a guy that is in there right now. Uh, because of the injury that they have uh, on the offensive line. So uh, he is a guy that I think will be worth noting as well. Um, But, you know, he's going up against the Carolina defensive line, so he'll probably look like a superstar. Um, Meanwhile, on the defensive side of the football, 20.9 points per game, 326.8 yards of total offense allowed, uh, 226.7 passing yards, one hundred. 1 rushing yards these numbers extremely similar to the numbers that nc state had defensively rolling in to this one uh defensive front though this is the best most talented group carolina will face all year no doubt about it tyler davis uh is an absolute stud in the middle along with brian Brzee, um, who you know has, has had you know He got off to a slower start to the season because of what happened, Um, his sister passing away because of cancer, um, which, you know, just a a horrible situation there. And, of course, still thinking about his family. Um, But those two guys are monsters in the middle. And then you got Miles Murphy on the edge. Unlike Carolina's Miles Murphy, who was underachieved, Miles Murphy – for Clemson, has certainly lived up to the expectations. He's having an outstanding season, and then you combine him with K.J. Henry, who also comes off the edge. This is, is a potent group that Carolina is facing. Linebacker group, a lot of talent there. Barrett Carter, uh, tremendous uh, at the weak side linebacker spot. He'll get after the quarterback a little bit, too. Trenton Simpson, guy that a lot of Carolina fans will, of course, remember from uh, the recruiting trail. Uh, he, he's He's about as good as you thought he was going to be when he was in high school. Um, he's sort of filled in to, the, to that strong side linebacker role. Um, we didn't know coming in where he would a- actually end up, if he'd be coming off the edge or playing more of a traditional linebacker spot. He's playing more of that traditional linebacker role. He's been really good. And then Jeremiah Trotter Jr., who can kind of do a little bit of everything. Um, he's a guy that can you know fill the gaps in the middle, Um, but he's also a guy that can drop into coverage. So a a really good linebacker group, probably the best front seven overall that Carolina will face, although the talent of those NC State linebackers from last week uh, does give it a little bit of a challenge. The defensive back unit, though, That's the one area that Carolina can attack. Um, That's the group that has been gettable at times this season for Clemson defensively. We saw it last week with South Carolina, saw it earlier in the year with Wake Forest. So if Drake May can get back to being the Drake May that we know he is capable of being, this is a group that certainly can be attacked, especially with the injury issues that they have had there throughout the season.
1: Yeah, I think the biggest thing for Carolina to to be able to attack the secondaries, they got to hold up up front, and I think that's the biggest concern in this game. This offensive line has gotten manhandled. They've gotten punked back-to-back weeks uh, against Georgia Tech, a team that's played a lot better the last couple weeks under interim head coach, now full-time head coach Brent Key, and then the, 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 the NC State game where – Carolina just failed to to meet or exceed the, the Wolfpack's level of emotion and physicality in that game. If Carolina can compete in the trenches on both sides of the ball, they can compete in the game mm-hmm. or may, maybe have a chance to win it. If they don't, it's hard to envision this team not only not winning but competing. Um, and I think that's the biggest concern is that this defensive line has regressed the longer the season has moved along. You're getting little to no production from the guys up front. And then for the offensive line, it's just been something on that right side where it's been a lack of communication or just just something's happened to where the issue's there. They just haven't been able to shore up, and that's the biggest reason why Drake May has had the back-to-back weeks that he's had and it's uh-huh. a big reason why this offense ha- has been a shell of itself. And I think – you know, and, and, and Mac Brown kind of said it in his presser leading up to his game is that the last two weeks still shows how far they got to go as a program. And that getting here is a nice step in the right direction. But even with getting here, there is still um, a lot of room for this team to grow, mainly up front. And so it, it would be interesting to see how Carolina holds up in this game. When they played Clemson back in 2019 in Mac Brown's first year, they were admirable they they played in over their heads and that's the biggest reason why they were in that ball game and had a chance to win the game same thing in 2015 when they played Clemson in the ACC title game they're going to need that same type of effort in this one because this team may have more talent than the 2015 team did, I don't know if it's a better team than that 2015 team was. and So they're going to need to put together their first complete effort of the season.
0: Well, look, I think the offensive line, th- th- there's reason to be somewhat confident in the offensive line. Now, it seems weird because you're going up against the best defensive line that you've faced, but there have been times where this offensive line has looked good this season, and that is a huge step from where they were a year ago. There was never a point I watched that offensive line a year ago and said, man, these guys look good. It was, hey, these guys had a, a an all-right night, and we just ran for a ton of yards, or Sam just threw for a ton of yards. This year, you've seen really good performances from this group. It's just, yeah, as you mentioned, the right side of the line, especially as we've come down the stretch of the season – You've started to see these guys wear down, and as they've started to play better defensive lines, and and look, I know NC State's defensive line has not been as good as they've been in years past. Georgia Tech's defensive line wasn't world beaters, but they have talented guys on there. There were guys that we pointed to. Really, each, each of those teams, we pointed to that as either the biggest strength or A a close second strength of the defense. And a lot of the teams that they played early in the year, that wasn't really the case. So I think Carolina, they they just, this is one where if you ask that group, hey, I just need you to have one game in front of your quarterback. I feel like you can somewhat be, you, you could be a little more confident in that. Also, by the way, it's not just the offensive line. You need your running backs to help you in pass protection. Elijah Green, I I, point, I I pointed him out when I did the stock report after the game against Wake Forest. He had a tremendous game pass blocking himself in that one. Since then, he has been downright awful in pass protection. And Carolina's got nothing else from any of the other running backs in pass pro. They have to be better in this game. The defensive line, I mean, I, I, we we've pointed to it so many times. I almost just don't even want to say it. Because it feels like we could just play it on loop every time that we talk about this defensive line. Can you can you show us what you did against Pittsburgh? <laughs> and we got to keep going back to that game because since then we haven't seen anything close to that. We haven't seen really anything. So I mean, at that for them, it's just can can you even remotely hold up against Clemson up front? If if you if you. Control. You don't even have to control the line of scrimmage. Can you just not get pounded into the ground and let them do whatever they want on the offensive end? If you can do that, and also, Gene, can, can we see some more blitzes in this game, please? Can we throw something at DJU to try to get him uncomfortable? Because those have disappeared the last couple of weeks against four-string quarterbacks. I don't know if maybe you thought that it, this was just going to be these guys were just going to fold under the fact that they were four-string quarterbacks or whatever, but let's actually throw something at these guys. Let's see if we can actually do something. Um, so let's get into the to, to, to the other Tar Heel storylines. I think the biggest one, the the one that's going to determine what Carolina does in this game, can, can this can this offense regain any of the momentum that they had earlier in the year? And I think you're going to find out pretty early in this game whether or not they do because I thought. You saw it in the game against NC State on Friday. The minute that Josh Downs dropped that first pass that was thrown to him, it almost just set the tone for the entire game of here we go again, it's going to be the same type of game offensively. And for the most part, it was. Give Drake and those receivers credit, they stepped up late in the game to be able to send the game to overtime, but... If this offense does not at least return to some sort of consistent rhythm of moving the football, then it's it's probably going to be a very similar result to what we've seen the last two weeks.
1: Yeah, and it's a big reason why you know Mac Brown has stressed this this team trying to play a complete game Um, because. And I, I told you all season long, this formula wasn't sustainable. People got mad; they didn't want to believe me. Then, when they lose back-to-back games and games where they shouldn't have lost, then people get upset. But yeah, it's it's where this team is. They're gonna have to score. You're not. You, I, I don't see this offense putting up forty on this Clemson defense. I know Sam Hartman did. No, no. that game went to overtime, and that Clemson defense was learning who it was under our, under our new coordinator. Um, their secondary in that game was depleted they they don't have the same issues and also this this defense got shredded by Spencer Radler just last week now a guy who's playing as as well as any quarterback right now in the country so this defense is going to come out and be motivated to respond after that type of effort they put on the field the other day the biggest thing they got to do is is Sustain drives, and that's been the thing mm-hmm. that they haven't really done the last couple of weeks. Is that they haven't been able to just sustain drives, whether they're in third and four and convert, whether it's through the air or in the ground, or let alone when it's third and eight and longer. They're just, frankly, they're just abandoning the possession and punting and going and playing defense, and so. Um, it, it's it's really hard because th- this offense is shook, and when your when your offensive line is shook, that means your quarterback is shook. It also means your your play caller is shook, and and Phil Longo's got to find a way more so in anything in that first quarter. Is just settle his quarterback down, get him some confidence and some rhythm. That's 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 almost, if not more important than scoring points. Because if, if if you can get him into a rhythm and ease him into the game, you know I I think come the fourth quarter, Drake will have you there. If you come out and in the first quarter you you don't allow him a chance to settle into the game, you don't call plays to get him into a rhythm, and you're just trying to force the issue down the field and you're going three and out, three and out, this thing could be over at halftime.
0: Yo, no doubt about it. And I think that's, I mean, it's it's definitely something that we'll talk about a little more when we get to the keys to the game. But, yes, that that is, I mean, just getting off to a fast start. Because here's the thing. You said, well, it's more important than scoring points. If you get him in rhythm, you're going to score points. That's how it's been this season. this team, believe it or not, even with the struggles that they had the other night, they have still, they they it, the other night they were five for seven in the red zone. Can you tell me the two possessions in the red zone that they did not score? Miss field goals. The two miss field goals. So like they're when they for the most part when they've gotten in there they've gotten the job done. It hasn't always been pretty, but they've gotten the job done. So I mean I, I think I want to believe that this can happen in this game because like you I mean look. Clemson may be motivated to come out and prove that last week was a fluke against Spencer Radler. But I mean, look, I I know Spencer Radler's been playing better lately. I mean, Drake May's a better quarterback than Spencer Radler overall, right? Like we can admit to that. So yeah. Drake may, I mean, you would imagine Drake has also got to be motivated by this, right? Like it's just two weeks in a row now. People are are starting to doubt you and saying this is the guy that he really is. So you would imagine that he's going to be motivated as well. That's the area that I think Carolina has to attack. But you're right. You can't just focus on, hey, we got to, we, we got to throw the ball downfield. We need big plays. The the other thing, though, is in order to do that, you, your offensive line, you have to limit the negative plays or zero-yard plays. They are... You have had 25 of those in the past two weeks, and it sets you behind the sticks. One of the things you did so well early in the season, you weren't great at times on first down, but you would get yourself into third and manageable situations. That has not happened recently, and as a result, you've seen this offense looks a lot like last year because that was one of the biggest issues with this team a year ago they were in third and way too long so many times and it just didn't work out. The second thing that I think is big in this one, you know, Carolina's defense these last couple of weeks, there's plenty of people still criticizing this defensive group. And I think look, especially on the defensive front where you have 9 sacks in 8 conference games, you've had 6 games so far this season where you've had single digit pressures on the quarterback from your def from your front four. Which by the way, if you're looking for a comparison, Davin Van, the defensive lineman from NC State last week, had nine by himself in the game. That should tell you all you need to know right there. I I think this this defense deserves some credit overall, though, for what they've done the last two weeks. Both games they've given you a chance to win. The question is this in this one is can they carry this over? into this game against another offense that's kind of struggling and give this this Carolina offense a chance to execute when it matters the most and find a way to win this game. The biggest thing they've
1: done the last two weeks was they bent and they haven't broken. And... I think it's fair to say that at some point that dam is going to break and this defense is going to break again. I, I think this game comes down to Gene Shizik. I, I think if he puts together an aggressive game plan, one that forces uh, DJU to see pressure, you have a chance. If if you sit back and you allow them to take what they, what they want, this offense can and will move the ball up and down the field. That was the biggest thing South Carolina did in, in that game last week uh, in, uh, against Clemson in, in their building. Was they just said, "Screw it, we're going to go after him. We're going to make him try to beat us with his arm," when he completed twenty eight percent of his passes. Mm-hmm. So if if, if Mac Brown and this staff look at the film. You know, I I I don't think our corners are good enough to 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 play man for sixty minutes. They can play it in spurts.
0: Well, we don't even know who they're gonna have at corner. Um, you I, could I, have Marcus Allen and and Legend Cavassos. You probably don't want to test those guys too much, right?
1: You know, I I I would just this would be a game where he's dealing from pressure from word go. And if he beats you, then he beats you. That's just, he was better than you that day, and I think you could stomach those results. If you come out and you're conservative and you let them get the ball to Will Shipley and you let them manipulate what they want to do, then it's going to be very frustrating. And so um, you know that Power Echols and... And Cedric Gray, they're going to do everything they know to do to give this defense a chance. Mm-hmm. Those dudes have fought their ass off all season long, amidst the defensive line being pathetic, amidst the secondary play being uh, inconsistent. Um, but but to me, th- this is what you hire Gene Chizik for. He needs to put together a game plan that gives your defense a chance to be successful.
0: And look, I mean, you know, he, he didn't really do it the first time in 2015 for about three quarters. And then... In the fourth quarter, he gave your team a chance to win. Well, we need that mindset that you had in that fourth quarter to be similar in this game. I think you're right. I And I asked it earlier. I said, does does Gene Chizik get creative with how he blitzes? He, he's got to. You've got to send some blitzes in this game. And look, I, I thought you saw last week, maybe it wasn't drastic improvement. I think you've, you've got safeties you trust a little bit more. I, I would put Will Hardy and Don Chapman back out there and say, unless they are struggling just that bad, I, you ain't seeing Cameron Kelly and Geo Biggers again. Because when those guys were off the field last week, it felt like the back end of your defense looked pretty solid. So, and and that should, if you feel more confident in that group, that should allow you to blitz a little bit more. So, yeah, you're right. You have to force the issue a little bit because, again, you go back to that that, pits, that freaking Pittsburgh game that we always keep going back to, what did they do to Keaton Slovis? They blitzed the hell out of him. It got him off balance, and you saw a guy that just did not look comfortable throwing the football. You have to do that to DJU. You're right. If that's the game plan and he still just finds a way to beat you, well, then, guess what you just you just said you aren't good enough yet. it is what it is. you have to get better, you got to keep recruiting what if you come out and throw that at him though and he struggles, then you should feel confident that the offense on your sideline can go out there and at least score enough points to beat you this This Clemson offense right now is not in any sort of rhythm so let let's let's put some pressure on their quarterback here. Uh, the last thing, I think this one, maybe a lot of people are not thinking about this aspect, but I was thinking about it when I was laying this out. And you kind of wonder, Caroline has been the heavy favorite in each of the last two games that they have played in. Not a position that they were really in for a majority of the season. Even if they were favored, it usually wasn't by much. And they weren't favored in a lot of games, even when they had significantly better records than teams, whatever. The ones that they have been favored in, though, we've seen them struggle down the stretch in. Two games they lost, and Virginia as well. Just being the underdog again combined with maybe you could also put in the fact that this is technically a road game. I mean, it's away from Chapel Hill. Does that actually help this team, oddly enough? I don't think
1: the underdog, or, or being an underdog, really matters. This team was going to be the underdog no matter what. No matter if they came in 11-1, and, and even if Clemson came in 10-2, and two, they wouldn't be favored to, to win the game. Um, just simply, just on the fact that Clemson is a better football team and their, their history, you're the, the betters are willing to put more trust and faith in them playing away. Yeah. Because this team has been better away from home than they have been at home, but this will be, you know, a, 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 a different road game where you're going to have, it won't be 50, 50. There'll still probably be more Clemson fans in the stands and there will be Tar Heel fans. Um, but but this is a team that has had some success in this building. I mean they, they won in twenty nineteen under Mac Brown, but they also lost here last year under Mac Brown. I, I, I don't think all that really matters in in this game. I mean they they they've they've got bigger things to worry about as opposed to entering the game as an underdog and because they did that to themselves and I don't think there's as much noise to block out in this game because this game lost all of its steam over the last two weeks.
0: Well, I think it it actually does help them, to be honest with you. I think this is a team that we are still seeing, uh, really just the program overall. They cannot deal with expectations yet. And that's what we saw each of the last two weeks. They handled the expectations for the majority of the season, but they're not there just yet. To be able to get through the entire season, so I think this could help them. That they're not, they are not even going to be close to be to to many people having them projected to win. I saw saw people predicting this game earlier today. Nobody had Carolina winning this game, Um, and I don't think you're going to see anybody. I I would be stunned if anybody on game day picks Carolina. and I think that's going to be really across the board with any national publications. There will be very few that will pick the Tar Heels, if any, to win this game. And oddly enough, I think that takes a little bit of pressure off of this team, and that could help this team out. Playing, you know, away from Chapel Hill, yeah. I mean, I guess, I mean, I guess that helps you. Again, not being able to win at home, especially under Mac Brown, is one of the more confusing things. That we've seen with this program, but hey, they are six and zero away from Chapel Hill, so it can't hurt. I don't think it's something that they should lean on, but I do think that both of these things are definitely factors for this team. And if you, you know, when we look at this game afterwards, if they win, you could say, well. You know, (laughs) that this could be a reason why, who knows? Maybe not having the pressure on them allowed them to be a little bit more comfortable. I think ultimately the area where you will see this the most would be the offense. How does the offense perform in this game? That would tell you whether or not these are actually uh, important factors. All right, guys, when we come back, it's time to get to our keys to the game. We tell you the three keys to Carolina coming out with a victory, and then we'll get our predictions before we shut it down for this edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast back right after this. DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is my go-to when betting on the NFL this holiday season. The reason why they have all these great ways that you can play with same-game parlays, easy and fast payouts, and player prop options. So if you want to bet on maybe even some of the former Tar Heels, how many rushing yards Michael Carter will have in a game for the Jets, you can do it all at DraftKingsSportsBook.com. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to a 100% boost with DraftKings' stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place a same-game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, point totals, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. Guys, I've been using it to bet on my favorite team, even though they let me down this past week. The New York Giants, I've been betting on them all season long, and it has worked out well for me. I've been betting heavily on Saquon Barkley. Mike Kafka, can you please help me out and use him a little bit more this week? You can bet on your favorite team, even if it's the Carolina Panthers, at DraftKings Sportsbook. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code TPPN. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the promo code TPPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. There are plenty of ways to find out everything that you need to know about Tar Heel football and basketball. Just go to Facebook, search at Heel Tough Blog, and find the Heel Tough Blog Facebook page and like it. When you do everything, the articles, the podcast all in one central location on your timeline. Not a big Facebook user? Head over to Twitter. At Heel Tough Blog on Twitter. Make sure you give it a follow. And you can follow the personal pages of our talents here at the Heel Tough Blog, at HTB Anthony for Anthony Pagnata, myself, at HTB underscore Josh for Josh Marlowe, and at Hack 2 for our recruiting analyst, Zach Hubbard welcome back in Heel Tough Blog Podcast. Anthony Pagnotta, Josh Marlowe with you. Well, Let's get to our keys to the game for a Carolina victory in the ACC Championship game as they look for their first conference title since 1980. And I think the biggest thing, number one, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but how do they execute it? I think it's the bigger thing here. How does Carolina allow Drake May to settle into this game? Because I think that is ultimately... The biggest thing that has to happen—it's play
1: calling. It's getting the ball out of his hands in less than three seconds. It's—it's—it's it's, it's running the football, even when it's second and eight, and not asking him to make every play you had that—that—that that has to be made to, to win the game. It's—it's it's getting him on 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 rollouts That of way. If there's nothing there, he can take it off and run. Get him in a mobile pocket. Um, that's something that they've done a really, they did a good job the first part of the year was just getting him mobile. And then all of a sudden we wanted to make him a statue and stand in there and make throws. And when guys were getting covered and guys weren't getting open, the press rush was getting to him and we wondered what was going on. Well, our play calling changed. And... You know, Phil has done a really good job for the majority of this season, but the game plans he's put together the last two weeks is the type of game plans that have Tar Heel fans getting pissed off at him on the Twitters or on Facebook. And so I think that's the thing is just not asking him every time to force a ball 20, 30 yards down the field. It's okay to take those two three-yard routes and live in the four- and five-yard play range, just set up all the big plays you, you want to hit, and that you're going to need to hit. If you if you make him stand back there, like a statue, he's not going to get in rhythm, and he's going to get beat up because Carolina's is not going to be able to pass block for 60 minutes like that against this Clemson front. Mm-hmm. They're just not. And, and so this has to be a, a situation where Longa realizes is the best way to attack Clemson's defense is with that quick, short to intermediate passing game. Yep. And if he does that, the confidence and the swagger will return to Drake May. And he'll give his team a chance to win a conference title.
0: Yeah, no, I think it really is as simple as get the ball out of his hands quickly early in the game. Now, part of that is that, hey, the the receiver group, including Josh Downs, got to catch the football. You got to help your quarterback out. Because if he can get it out quick to you, you got to catch the ball. And you've got to be able to make things happen after you catch the football. We've seen it at times this year. These guys can do things in the open field. Well, that's got to return in this game. You're right. They have to be able to run the ball. Look, if if there is a drive where you are just utilizing that ground game over and over again and it's working, keep doing it. And, you know, the other thing is quit quit drawing up these quarterback draw plays that simply do not work over and over again. We've tried that. Each of the last two weeks, and I, I thought throughout the season we didn't really see that play call much. We saw that a ton last year when you started to see the offensive line break down. Well, it, it doesn't work when the offensive line is breaking down. No matter, even though you're concerned about your quarterback being sacked, that that play is doing nothing for you. Anyways, it's a one yard loss or no gain. So either way, you're you're really not helping yourself out. Um, I think you're right. I'd like to see him try to roll out more, but the problem is I don't think that's all on Phil Longo. I think part of it is that the right side of that offensive line, where you would have to roll him out to, has really, really struggled recently to where you can't really afford to roll him out to that right side because if you try to do that, he may not even get out on the edge before he is being sacked. So. To me, getting that football out quickly, allowing guys to do stuff after the catch will be important. But the main uh, the main thing is around him, the guys have to help him out, his receivers, his tight ends, they have to be able to help him out, hold on to the football and make some plays after the catch. Uh, the second thing I wrote down is look, they got to win the turnover battle. Each of the last two weeks, something that this defense has done a good job of is taking away the football. Storm Duck, two important interceptions in each of the last two weeks. The problem has been Carolina has turned the ball over as well. This is a game, I mean, look, maybe maybe it's a lot to ask against a talented Clemson defense. I think you have to, you, you cannot turn the football over yourself, and you'd like to see them create at least one turnover, if not two. I think that has to be part of the recipe for Carolina in this game. You have to win that turnover battle.
1: Yeah, and I think I think you're more concerned about Drake in this game than you are about Carolina's defense. I think Carolina is going to get at least one. I think DJU is just that type of guy where he's going to go bonehead or go stupid for a play or two. He's going to give you a chance to make a play. Last couple of weeks, so Drake May has made some errant throws, and you know if those if those throws would have happened in September, we wouldn't have batted an eye. Redshirt freshman quarterback, part of it. It's happened in November when you know the spotlight was on, and there was all this talk about winning the Heisman Trophy and Carolina having faint playoff hopes, and he made you know he he made some questionable throws, and so. Um, I think that's going to be the thing is is, is can Dre you know, move on from those? It's something that Sam Howell was just so really good at. That's why he didn't really turn the ball over in his three years as Carolina's starting quarterback was he could move on from the bad plays. Drake has to forget about him this week because Clemson's not going to be afraid to come after him. I, I know that secondary has been – has been torched at times this year, Mm -hmm. but they're not going to be afraid to be aggressive. And so Drake's got to be a lot more careful with the ball and be willing to either eat it or take a sack as opposed to turning the ball over uh, in in what could be a a a game-changing play.
0: Well, you're right, because here's the thing. The defensive line that they have, man, they don't even have to send that much pressure on you. They can win up front with three guys, four guys rushing, something that Carolina can't do. So... I, I think that he's he's gotta be weary of that and he he's gotta be able to take care of the football himself. The last thing I have here, and the other two are really important, this one I think you 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 can kind of say this determines what happens to Carolina. The last two weeks, Carolina has not been able to win on third down. Um, you know, earlier in the year they struggled to get off the field on third down defensively. That hasn't really been a major issue for Carolina. They had that issue late in the game against Georgia Tech, but for the most part against NC State, they were able to get off the field on third down when they needed to. Most importantly, this offense has to get back to being a team that can move the sticks on third down. This was a team that, through the first 10 games of the season, they were inside the top five in terms of percentage third down percentage offensively that that has completely disappeared over the last 2 weeks where carolina has just been absolutely putrid on third down so in this game both both sides of the football carolina has to win third down if they want to win an ACC championship.
1: This is where Phil Longo's play calling has got to be back on point. Carolina's going to give up third down conversions because they don't win up on they they don't win up front enough to to put defenses in negative third down situations consistently. So Carolina's got to match it. This is why sustaining drives, getting Drake in a rhythm, is really their only their their only hope and prayer in winning this game. If they can live in third or shorts, I, I, I like their chances. This also feels like a game, though, for Mac Brown. If this offense crosses the fifty, they're probably going for it because you know that, that's, what do you got to lose? You know his man. His, his aggression um, paid off early in the season and. You, you know, I, as much as I thought last last week, he shouldn't have went for two, and he 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 should have played for overtime and stuff like that. You know, you you you, you kind of wonder if he if that was him second guessing his own self because this offense their rate right at scoring touchdowns when going forward on fourth down to the first three months of the season was was really ridiculous, and so um, I I think Carolina once they cross the fifty, if it's third and five and less, they're going to be a two down tour anyway. But this has got to be – this is where Phil Longo comes in and play. If he has a bad game plan and Carolina's playing behind the sticks, it makes it harder to go forward on fourth down. And this offense ain't on the field for, you know, 30 minutes. It's going to be really hard for them to to keep up with
0: Clemson. Key to it is simple. It's like you're saying. Win on first and second down on both sides of the football or else – You're not going to have a lot of success on third down unless you got Drake May just making unreal throws and your defense can find a way to make stops on third and short, which they haven't done consistently, at least so far this season. So let's get to our predictions for the game. We will be there in person for this one. Uh, Excited, you know, should be, as you mentioned, probably a little bit better environment in terms of the Tar Heel fans in attendance because Clemson is not does not have a playoff berth on the line if it was the other way around you would imagine Clemson always does a great job of packing out events like that but what do you expect to see happen on Saturday night in Charlotte
1: I think Clemson wins they're they're the better team they're the deeper team they've been in this situation for virtually the last decade it feels like um, You know, it's something that one reason why Dabo is, is just so good is that his team hasn't gotten complacent and coming off of not playing for an ACC title last year, the loss last week to South Carolina. I do think Clemson will show up hungry. They will show up motivated. Um, a win here all but assures them a trip to the Orange Bowl, gives them momentum heading into next year uh, to get back into the college football playoff. Uh, I think they win 35
0: Uh, I, 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 you're you're gonna be you're gonna be absolutely poed at this one. I think Carolina wins this game because I think because you're a homer. No, because I think that what you said I think is completely wrong. I don't think Clemson. I don't think they have a single guy on this roster that cares about this game. There is their goals were completely dashed a week ago. They lost to their biggest rival at home. You lost a 40-game home winning streak. And, again, I, and and I know they are hearing this this week, they are looking at those college football playoff rankings and saying, dude, we could have been that team right there that would have been in. No doubt about it, that team would have been in the playoffs. So, I think you're going to face a defeated side coming in it's an offense that's not in rhythm and this is the thing carolina the, the last two weeks this if carolina got blown gotten blown out in each of the last two weeks then i don't think there is any argument at all but i i just to me i find it really hard to believe that with i mean there is no pressure on carolina really in this game i guess there's a little bit because you don't want to finish the season on a four game losing streak but outside of that, all the pressure, but most people are going to expect Clemson to win this game and probably win it by the more b- similar to the margin that you have it. So I-, I think, you know, Carolina's defense has been playing well enough to keep them in games. I-, I think Drake May has has a moment here, man. He he's gotta show up again at some point. I find it hard to believe that he is just gonna go off into the offseason with four straight rough performances. I think this is the game where Carolina shows up just enough to be able to win it. I don't think it's going to be pretty by any stretch of the imagination. I don't think this offense comes out here and just rolls. But I think that you're you're going to have a Clemson team that is going to come in not really caring ultimately what the result is in this game. New Year's Six Bowl games, for teams that make the college football playoff routinely, they don't really mean all that much. For Mac Brown and Carolina – not just even making it back to the Orange Bowl—that's huge. But winning your first conference title since 1980—that is even bigger. I think Carolina gets it done, 28-24. It'll be an ugly one, but I—I'm going to go with the quarterback that I trust more in this game. That quarterback lost to two four-string quarterbacks back-to-back weeks at home. I mean, and and look, there's there's nothing that you got to put that behind you. They should be a motivating factor for you at this point. And he, to be honest with you, he didn't really lose to those teams. You, you have to be able – look, it all goes back to get pressure on the quarterback. I believe that Gene Chizik, to me – I mean, am I the only one that thinks that Gene Chizik's got to start showing something here These in, in this game, in the bowl game? Like, is he guaranteed to be back here next year? I don't – I mean, look, I would, I would think if I had to say right now, you told me, you know, life on the line, you got to make a decision, I'd probably say yes, but I don't think it's guaranteed. So you're going to need to see a good game plan from him. Phil Longo, I mean, I, 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 I would imagine that you're going to a get a better game plan from him in this game because, I, I mean, we don't even – what are his goals? Is he wanting to get a head coaching job? He's got to start to prove something. I think they're, to me, this is about pride with this team. We've seen them. They responded to the game earlier in the year against Notre Dame. All you have to do is put that type of attitude towards one game with a team that you, you don't know what their attitude is going to be coming in. I find it hard to believe myself that Clemson is going to come in here overly motivated. That's just me. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe they are going to come in here looking to absolutely destroy Carolina. And maybe they maybe they really do care about the Orange Bowl. But I don't I I, I just I don't see that right now. Especially with when they got beat. If this was a team that was coming in here 10 and 2, and let's say they even got beat the the week before last week and they still beat South Carolina, I think you'd see a more motivated team. But for your biggest rival to knock you out of the college football playoff hunt, I don't know where their mentality is. I feel like Carolina's mentality, this means more to Carolina. So that's the reason why I'll go with Carolina. Um, so either way, look, we're going to have you covered on the website. We're going to have you covered with that in-depth preview of this game. We'll tell you, uh, everything that you need to know. Team breakdowns. We'll have the team stack comparisons, the injury report, which will also be extremely important. Carolina with two guys, uh, at corner, both of their starting corners banged up, starting safety camera on Kelly banged up as well. Uh, we will try to give you the best picture of what Their statuses will be for this game on Saturday. Um, And then also, you know, we'll have the projected starting lineups where you can watch the game, all that stuff in the preview edition after the game. Recap Ashton's analysis uh, as well as. The uh, press conference takeaways when Mac Brown meets with the media on Monday. And you'll have uh, maybe a trench report. Uh, it depends just what's going on uh, on the basketball side of things, uh, whether or not that will be up there. And then, of course, after that, it will be time to look, you know, with bowl season, uh, you would imagine transfer portal news, NFL draft type news, that stuff will start rolling in pretty quick as well. Um, and we'll have you covered on all of that on the website as well as. The national, the early signing period, the national signing day coverage. Uh, We will have you guys ready for that towards uh, the middle part of December. It's a little bit later this year, but it is uh, towards that middle part of December. All that stuff. So it's going to be action-packed. Even when Carolina finishes up on Saturday night, it will be action-packed on the football side of things on the website. Meanwhile, basketball side of things, Carolina's lost three in a row, and they've got a crucial game on Sunday with Virginia Tech. Josh is going to have you covered uh, all around with that one with the preview and then the recap as Carolina now has to try to stabilize themselves. We, we've we learned this isn't the team that we thought they were in the preseason. How do they respond to that? Josh will have you covered throughout the season as they attempt to get this uh, season back to where uh, they were hoping it would be at this point. All in one spot, HeelToughBlog.com. So that wraps up for this edition of the podcast. I want to thank Josh for hosting with me. I want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, go Tar Heels!